Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long-term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hello and welcome to On the Farm Picture List podcast about all things prospect, dynasty, and minor league related. I am your host, Lamar Gibson, and joining me today uh, is one of our writers from the Picture List baseball team. We have Nate Kosher in the house with us, uh, stepping in for Jake Mache. Nate, how is it going today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, excited to be making my debut here. Absolutely. So uh, Jake is is doing a little cross-country traveling so wishing him safe travels and wishing him well as he's making a, a big move uh but like i said we got nate in the house today making his uh otf debut and nate uh we were talking off the pod i wanted to tee you up just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself your fantasy baseball background your writing background etc i know you got some things uh with picture list but also outside of picture list that you are taking care of so why don't you uh tell us uh who you are Sure. Yeah. So uh, I've started writing for PitcherList this year um, at the beginning of the calendar year. So this off season, I wrote a few articles, um, been playing fantasy baseball for probably about 15 years, mostly for fun, but got more uh, involved the last few years doing a dynasty league. That's a lot of fun. So it's really deep, a lot of prospects, 30 teams. Uh, so I'm always kind of have my eye on the latest guys. Um, also. Uh, started my own Substack blog, The Relief Pickle, um, and that's a kind of play on my last name, being kosher. I get a lot of pickle jokes, and then uh, also, obviously, in a pickle is the the baseball term. But um, I'm trying to tell some unique stories there of not necessarily the players, but maybe people within the game of baseball. So I interviewed uh, McCovey Cove Dave, the guy who get, catches the uh, balls in his kayak, Um outside the giant stadium, but the main, uh, the main guy. That yeah. Yeah. You're right. Guy. The main guy, the well-known guy, he actually told me he's, he's caught about 25% of the splash hits. Like wow. he's gathered them. So yeah, I've been doing that. And then really uh, excited with pitcher lists. That's been fun. I'm on the baseball team. So mainly baseball uh, general type articles. And I'm doing uh, every other week, the catchers to watch and to stream, and then I'm on the relief team. So once a week, just recapping the relief pitchers and uh, stats. So that's been fun. And and here you are coming out of the bullpen for Jake. So so it's all <laughs> kind of it all kind of ties together, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Calling me on in the the eighth inning, and and here I am. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um. So. To get today, guys, what we're going to be talking about is um, obviously Grayson Rodriguez uh, has already made his official major league debut for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, really exciting stuff, especially him being able to do it uh, in his, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily hometown, but uh, sort of a home game with him being from Texas uh, and playing against the Rangers in their ball uh, ballpark. So um, that was really interesting to watch. Uh, there's a great 
um, gift breakdown on picture list uh, of the debut 27 gifts. So you can take a look at that and we'll link that in the show notes along with uh, Nate's Substack as well. So you guys can see those as extra resources, but um, his line in case you didn't see it for some reason, five innings pitch, four hits, uh, gave up two earned, one walk, five Ks. Really started to to kind of grow into himself as the game progressed. Uh, looked a little shaky to start, but definitely looked a lot better um, as it went on. And so with him having made his debut, and it was you know much anticipated, him being the number one pitcher overall, uh, pitching prospect overall, um, got me to thinking: who are some of the other um, top pitching prospects that we can uh, expect to debut this season? And we've talked to you guys about a lot of different names between this season and kind of the next couple of seasons, but um, really wanted to think about, especially for our redraft folk that might tune in, um, some names that you might want to start targeting or at least just paying attention to for when they do get that call up. And then obviously our dynasty keeper folk um, always keeping you in the loop. So uh, it's going to be good number of AAA guys, a couple of double A uh, guys that might be getting their call up. Uh, but before we jump into that, Obviously, we want to make our rounds talking about this week in baseball. Um, so we got a few different bullet points, actually quite a few. Um, want to talk, uh, Nate, first and foremost, Brewers kind of got a youth movement going on. Garrett Mitchell, uh, Joey Reamer. Obviously, we've talked uh, about Bryce Terang a few different times on this uh, podcast, all kind of uh, fueling Milwaukee's run to the top of the NL Central, which is a slightly surprising. I think a lot of people thought the Cardinals kind of had it in the bag almost from jump yeah um, yep I, I was i was one of those uh yeah, I, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't expect really the brewers you know they're kind of like maybe they'll be around 500 but yeah it's been a surprise yeah so in your estimation how soon do you think we see sal freelick join the mix um especially in that outfield uh obviously christian yellett which yellett looks really bad like he looks really bad <laughs> So, but I mean, you got the contract and, and you, you know, you're kind of hoping that you get something out of it. You already got Mitchell, you got Weimer up who, and Weimer's kind of in a, in a weird uh, position, right? Because he's kind of up because Urias is hurt. Um, yeah. So that kind of opened up the rough spot. But with all that being said, Sal Freelick, when do you think he might be joining this uh, Brewers youth movement? Yeah. Like you said, uh, Yelich is, he's definitely not the same player, you know, from 2018, 2017, and it's like, well, him at 75%, probably still a pretty good player, but he just, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever be the same, to be honest. So I would expect, you know, he, I think Weimer almost made the opening day roster. It seems like, right. you know, he was, he was right there. So if a injury pops up or Yelich continues to struggle, you'd think he, you know, he'd be the next guy up. So I wouldn't be surprised the end of May we'd see him um, definitely, you know, he showed stuff in, in spring training and he was the, I know he was the 2021 minor league player of the year for the, for the brewers. So I don't know. It's hard to keep these guys down as a fan. You know, you, you want to see right. him come up and right. um, he played in the world baseball classic too. Uh, did you see that? So uh, he, he played yeah. for Italy. Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess the question becomes right with uh, with Freelich, um, and I think this might have been part of the decision making with him not necessarily making a, the opening day roster. It's just they have a number of outfielders because Tyrone Taylor, they liked him. He's still on the IL, um, waiting for. So I, I feel like it's the one spot that they have depth at 
um, that makes it kind of hard, right, to to figure out where to fit in. Um, but to your point, I think if Freelick, um, you know, continues doing what he did pretty much all the last year and through spring training, it it, it pushes right. It pushes the envelope. It, it makes the decision really hard to not have him up. Um, we talked right. last. Um, last episode, we talked about the prospect promotion incentive and how that seems to really be working out very well from the the new CBA to encourage teams to um, get guys up early and often. Uh, but, you know, with Milwaukee already having a few guys that I guess will qualify, at least one in, in Terang, and I think Weimer might qualify as well, um, that it may not necessarily be as big of an incentive for them. But, yeah, I mean, you just kind of think about, okay, yours comes back. And again, we had talked about he, he was supposed to be out six to eight weeks, maybe close to eight weeks. So that puts him a couple months down. Um, you move some guys around. I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to contemplate here kind of in real time is how, for lack of better words, how bad does Yellick have to be before they really start talking about a platoon or um, or just moving him to like DH? Because then if you move him to DH, you take that away from Rowdy. Um, and I don't know if that you necessarily want Rowdy like always out there defensively. <laughs> um, yeah. Offensively, obviously you want the bat there. Defensively, uh, you know, he's not terrible, but you know, if you can move guys around. So I just I, I'm just trying to mix and match like how to how to get Freelick into the lineup for every day at bat. Cause I just don't that's the only thing that I don't see there is just the obvious opening. And so yeah, I think um it might take another injury, right? So Yuris yep. is already injured, Tyron Taylor is already injured. It might take a third or fourth kind of like major injury for them to kind of have that roster spot that they want to um give to Freelick. And especially a lot of times these open roster spots tend to go to like, oh, we need another pitcher, you know, we need another arm. That's what yeah. so yeah. yeah that's true. I, it's hard, but I think Freelick's going to kind of make himself undeniable, right? That's that's kind of the mission as a prospect. It's like make yourself undeniable, make it hard for the team to keep you down. Um, that's all you can kind of control, and I think Freelick's going to do that. So it'll definitely be interesting to watch in Milwaukee. And, and again, as they're winning games, uh, that's always a part of it too is you're winning games. You don't necessarily want to up, upset the apple cart of whatever formula is working out for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, so. the nucleus and, you know, camaraderie, like – that stuff you can't measure, but if this team starts rolling and that, that magic starts clicking, you, you don't want to change that up either. So, right. right. It'll be interesting to watch. You, you spoke of 2017 and 2018 with, with uh, Christian Yelich. Um, we go to the Dodgers who are, I have them as doing it again. James Outman um, essentially has like, like, like the Monstars in Space Jam. He's <laughs> stolen Cody Bellinger. He's doing his 2018 Cody Bellinger impression. Um, cause he's showing up in center field, making great plays, kind of a carryover from what he did last year, hitting home runs. It yeah. is kind of very Cody Bellinger esque as far as just boom. He's just on the scene and just in the, in the everyday lineup, making an impact just about every night. And then you have, uh, Miguel Vargas, who, if you guys remember, was my pick for, um, NL rookie of the year, just based on the Dodgers history, if nothing else right now, he's kind of eyeing up the NL rookie record. I, he, He's like swing, swing the bat for what, right, Nate? Like, why would I swing? Yeah, <laughs> that's um, every kid's uh, who's scared of hitting in little league. That's same he's, strategy. He's the, he's the hero, right? Yeah. Like, you can, you two kids can be like Miguel Vargas. Um, I looked this up. The NL rookie record 
Um, and I believe I fact checked this correctly. So if if I got this wrong, I'm sorry. But the NL rookie record from what I found is Jim Gilliam, also with the Dodgers, Brooklyn, uh, 100 walks in 1953. And so it'll be interesting to see if Vargas comes anywhere close to that. Right now, he seems like he's on pace. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to watch. But it's kind of fascinating to see, you know, with this uh, uh, thumb injury that he had in spring training. And they said, well, you know, we want him out there, but just don't swing. While your while your thumbnail was up, and he was like, "Cool," and worked a bunch of walks, not swinging the bat literally at all. Um, then the thumb heals. <laughs> he still just doesn't swing the bat. He's still yeah. getting walks. It's just really kind of amazing to watch because you really think like the plate discipline that it takes uh, for anyone, but especially for a rookie, to um, know that. I mean, even past the, the whole injury uh, piece. But just to have to play discipline to take some of the takes that he has on really good pitches and really just know the zone kind of like from the beginning, um, when that's obviously so difficult to do just in general. Um, and, and again, for a team we've talked about with the Dodgers, for a team that we know, it, they definitely feel like their championship window is still open. They're still looking for the, a pennant and still looking to to make it back to the World Series and win one. For sure. Um, or win another one, I should say. Uh, so with all that kind of together, and he's doing his thing um, in the lower part of the lineup from what I've seen uh, where they have him batting, but still just bringing value just by getting on base very simply with his plate discipline, which is which was his calling card, right? That was mm-hmm. his big carrying skill. Um, what do you think about Altman? What do you think about Vargas? Yeah, that, that's funny that we're talking about it because I was actually watching the – I watched the Dodgers-Diamondbacks game last night. Altman hit a home run, so he's kept his <laughs> momentum go. going. And then uh, Vargas, it's yeah, it's like the the money ball thing. It just keep getting on base, keep getting on base. Um, I will say, just I watched maybe about half the game. He had an error in the field, and I wondered if his if the thumb was you know still kind of a little tender, yeah, a little shaky. Um, but that's the, uh, the on the broadcast that's what they were talking about is just he, <laughs> he continues to get on base no matter what you you'd think Altman um will slow down right i mean i don't think he can quite maintain i mean unless unless pace, he is but, 2018 Cody Bellinger but right? yeah, like, unless he literally <laughs> man's power if if that happens yeah then then he'll probably win mvp and uh, you know with the dodgers it, the rich get richer, right? Cause I mean, they're just stacked. And so it'll be interesting to see because um, you'd think being able to have that discipline at the plate for Vargas, that is, that, that is real, you know? And if he's mature enough of a hitter to, to just keep that going, uh, he's probably got a shot at that record, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something I'm paying attention to. We had our predictions um, podcast, uh, Nate, and like I said, I picked Miguel Vargas just off the strength of, you know, he's pretty well known, but the Dodgers just have this track record just long term, if you yep. look at over, you know, over time of baseball history, but even in the more recent past of just if there's a guy or a couple of guys that um, are, you know, top prospects, they're going to get some sort of rookie of the year votes, if not win the whole daggone thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's my pick and it would definitely be interesting to see Outman, you know, um, he was a guy that was kind of a, a French prospect last year 
got the call up, made his impact. Obviously, big home run, I think, was his first hit, I want to say. I can't recall, but definitely um, came around like his, his first couple of games. Um, but, you know, Dodgers being the Dodgers, he was up and down. Yeah. Um, it, but now they make this space, and it, it was so interesting to look at. In the offseason, it's like the Dodgers are really going to try to win the championship with the outfield that has, like, James Outman and Trace Thompson. And, like, that's that's it. It's like, yeah, that that is it. Because James Altman is going to do this, and Chase Thompson is going to have a three home run game, and like it, like you said, the rich just get richer yeah. somehow. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dodgers, uh, fascinating as always. Um, moving on, we go to Tampa. The legend of Luke Rayleigh. Now these stats are not completely up to date. They were up to date at the time I wrote the outline, which was like the middle of this past week. Um, but we had spent all off season for Tampa talking about Curtis Mead. Um, Kyle Manzardo just shot up the ranks and everybody was talking about him. Even Josh Lowe to a lesser extent. And I looked at Josh Lowe's numbers. He's actually finally starting to um, do what we had been hoping for him to do. And that's kind of its own fascinating story. Um, yeah. But uh, above all three of them, you got Luke Rayleigh um, just going out and winning people their first, like their week one matchups, three home runs, six RBI, um, 1.375 OPS. Like I said, that's not um, completely up to date as of today's recording, but that's where he had um, uh, around like Wednesday of this past week, obviously he's likely to regress. I was looking at his swing and strike rate is over twenty percent, so that's definitely not going to keep up. Mm-hmm. But just given the power output, it seems like that's a name that you want to know. Um, for dynasty purposes, it might be just a nice little you know bench bat to to have you know when you need some pop. And for redraft folks, like it's nice to know that there's an outfield out there that that'll get some burn. Um, a lefty masher that you can throw out there. And um, he can pop some home runs for you. But what do you make of, of Luke Rayleigh and, and even, you know, uh, Josh Lowe to an extent? Yeah, well, and um, I was reading as well, as a whole, the Rays are off to their best start ever. I think they're 7-0 and now. 7-0 and now, as, yeah. as of today's recording. Today's Saturday. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that's... Yeah, it's hard. I mean, the Rays are always good, right? And they're always in the mix in the in the East, the AL East, even with the Red Sox and Yankees. They always seem to kind of squeeze into the picture, typically with their pitching, right? I mean, they have they have strong pitching and kind of unconventional type stuff they do. But um, yeah, they've been mashing some home runs and. Wander Franco too. Um, I obviously, you know, he's very well known. He's kind of starting to heat up now too. He's hitting some home runs. Um, I think he has three or four. So the Rays are, they're an interesting team. Um, I think that, like you said, if you're always looking for an outfielder in fantasy, um, if you're you're playing a league where you have maybe four outfield spots or some Mm -hmm. utility spots, Rayleigh's definitely a guy you know, you, if he, when he's hot, pick that guy up, right. Mm-hmm. And you can plug him in, ride him maybe for a few weeks. And then if he cools off, you might have to move on or it's, he just keeps going and you know, then, then you're happy with it. But yeah. the Ray is definitely making some noise. Yeah. Um, Josh Lowe, do you think that this is sustainable? I didn't grab what his, uh, I didn't grab what his swing and strike uh, rate is currently, but just based on looking at his OBPs is well above um i think it's in like the 370s obviously small small sample but um still like he's hitting uh not just for power but he's just making contact overall um so i didn't get a chance to look at contact or swing and strike but 
just at a glance like do we think that this is like he's finally figured it out and put it together because um, this is what we've been kind of waiting to see for two three seasons yeah it's um I like the term like post hype. You know, he's one of those yeah, like yeah. the post. We didn't talk about him on post. We 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 had a post hype episode. We did not talk about Josh Lowe, but that's a good call out. Yeah, so it seems like he might be falling into that role. He's one. He's one of those guys now. He's putting it together. I just pulling up the game log here, and yeah, he's <laughs> he's hit in every game so far. It looks like, and he's hitting four twenty nine <laughs> with a one point three two four. OPS so you know yeah that'll slow down but but maybe maybe he has figured it out and now now it's he's made the adjustments he needs and and maybe now he's a real deal yeah um he's always a guy that had you know 20 plus home run power easily um now I think with the influx of stolen bases you could you know potentially you know he could get five to seven stolen bases I don't know what he has right now but that's a good point you know I think so so yeah, it would, the thing with him was just always: is he going to make enough contact along with the whole platooning situation that's always there in Tampa to begin with? Uh, so yeah, you know, Josh, I had him for a hot second this offseason, and I was off him. I was like, ah, why? No, I'll drop him. Like that's fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, so am I regretting it? I wouldn't go that far, but it will be <laughs> interesting to watch if if this continues for another couple months. I might be like, ah, I could have had him for free, and I, I didn't. Um, I I, I realized. We jumped right into talking about this week in baseball, but I want to pause for a second because, uh, Nate, you were telling me off mic, you're a Midwest guy. You were telling me you grew up in Wisconsin. You're living in Minnesota right now. You're rocking a Diamondbacks fan. Right? <laughs> you told me you're a Diamondbacks fan. And I wanted to get this story in. So before I forget, it just sure. came to me. What's the story behind you becoming a Diamondbacks fan, even though you grew up in the Midwest? Yeah, so grew up going to uh, Twins games. Um, I actually live closer to the the, the twins than the brewers. So, um, w- went to some lean years there with the twins, like before they were had Maurer and when they were really bad and it, like the best players, Brad Radke. I don't know if you remember him, <laughs> the, the oh, pitcher, yeah. he yeah. was underrated, but, uh, I actually had a, 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 my grandma lived in Arizona as a snowbird. Um, mm-hmm. and so right around the time the D backs became a team, was down there. Um, I went to a game at the time at Bank One Ballpark. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you remember that? And uh, they had, well, a few things going for them. They had a swimming pool in the stadium, Mm -hmm. which to a kid is really cool. And then I always thought they had the coolest colors, which is the 90s, you know, purple and teal. (laughs) Yeah, teal was very 90s, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of captured my attention. So I'm like, ah, this is pretty cool. And then a few years later, they beat the Yankees in the World Series. Then I'm hooked, right? Seal the deal. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And so still enjoy all the different uniform and hat combinations. Um, that's, you know, they're always changing things up. They got a cool City Connect jersey. And there's been some bad years there, speaking of lean years. But now with, uh, I think we're going to talk about a few Diamondbacks guys, but now with all these young guys, it's an exciting time again. And so mm-hmm. looking forward to it. The only problem is they play, the games are always on late, <laughs> you know, on the West ah, coast. But, but, but I mean, you're on central time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now with the pitch clock, these things are zooming by. So like you can catch a Diamondbacks game and not have to worry about it going into like one, two in the morning. 
Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I might gain back some sleep. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. That's perfect. I, I, I definitely wanted to get that story. It makes complete yeah, thank sense. Thank you. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, let's finish up with this week in uh, baseball, and then we can take a short break. Um, we got a couple more here talking about – I'm actually going to skip around talking about Diamondbacks. Uh, let's talk about Dre Jameson first. So I know you put him – uh, on the outline here mm-hmm. with his uh, relief work that he's been getting. Go ahead and, and talk to us about Dre Jameson. Sure. Yeah, so this is – Dre Jameson is one of the guys I'm most excited about. So if you followed him last season, um, the end of the year, he call, he gets called up. He starts the Diamondbacks. I put his stats in here. So he started four games. He went 3-0 and uh, with a 1.48 ERA. His debut start, seven innings no runs, five strikeouts. And then he had two other starts with seven strikeouts. So um, keep that in your head. Fast forward to spring training this year, where I really expected he was going to get the fifth uh, starter spot for the D-backs. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were kind of auditioning a few different guys. Surprisingly, he did not get it. But um, the, the D-backs currently see him sort of as a reliever. And so their bullpen was a mess last season. And so I wanted to see, you know, how they can use him. I thought he has the stuff. He could be the closer, but, you know, trying to maximize him. Also get his feet wet and, and figure out his role. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of thriving in this uh, multi-inning, you know, long relief type thing. Um, so his first his first game in in relief, first appearance last year, uh, last week, sorry, he went four innings with with five strikeouts, got the win, kind of saved them because they'd been uh, burning through some arms, and then and blowing uh, some games. <laughs> yes, in the Diamondbacks, in their uh, typical Diamondbacks fashion. I mean, last season they they would have been probably around five hundred, but just awful, awful bullpen. You just need to turn the game off at like the sixth inning and and, and not check. <laughs> but uh, last night. Um, it was his third appearance. He went two point, uh, let's see, two two 2.1 innings scoreless. Um, and I thought I had his season ERA now. I must have forgotten to, to put that. But I want to say his ERA is under two uh, or just over two. And definitely a guy to add, I think, in fantasy. If you're looking for another pitcher, I would expect he will get into the rotation soon because um, Bumgartner has been bad. You know, I, I don't know if he has much left in the tank. And you'd think it'll be like the situation where they he will basically make them be able to do nothing else than put him in the rotation, yep. right? Yep. He's good enough. Um, so I would expect that's going to happen, but he has been valuable in the bullpen, and their bullpen's bad. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But definitely uh, exciting to see him up in the majors and, and doing well. Yeah, um, it was it was probably one of the most uh, fascinating sort of position battles to watch in spring training was the the four or uh, five um, role for um, the Diamondbacks that that fourth or fifth starter role because you had Ryan Nelson, you had mm-hmm. Jameson, obviously you had Brandon Fott. Yes, Brandon Fott will be talked about this podcast. Uh, if you have a drinking game, go ahead and drink for us mentioning Brandon Fott yet again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, seeing those three guys kind of work and Nelson's profile was always that he was kind of better off as a reliever. He had right. a stellar 2021 as a starter, 
but then 2022 kind of backslid a little bit. And so he was kind of in and out. Um, it looked like towards the end of spring training, oh, maybe he had just enough to kind of make it. He didn't. Right. Um, Jameson, same thing. It was like, oh, no, Jameson, he's a starter. He might have some reliever risk. But like you said, he gets promotion, has some stellar numbers um, late in, in the year. Uh, on the major league level so it's like oh no he's gonna be shooting he kind of makes it to like the last couple of days right. he's like no we're not going with him brandon fought is like well he's striking out everybody in the minor leagues um clearly he's gonna come up because you know there's nothing else for him to prove at the triple a level and he doesn't make it either it's just like wait <laughs> so wait, so none of them really are good enough to be your fifth starter yeah um, so yeah i think um what you're outlining here is actually very fascinating. And you, you have uh, in, in the outline here, Adam, if you have not, as far as Dre Jameson, I think that that's a very good call out. Um, obviously in dynasty, if you're in anything, you know, over like a 14 team or he's on somebody's roster, he should be. Um, yes, yes. But if, if you're in redraft or maybe a shallower dynasty league, he is somebody that you want to go out because to me, he's going to bring the value to you because of the strikeouts and, and pretty good ratios, regardless of what his role is. So like, mm-hmm. don't worry about the role. I guess the, the, like the only way I could see that being like a problem quote unquote, is if you got to figure out because of um, um, roster spots. So if they have them, depending on the, the platform that you use, if they have them as a starter and you can't put, put them in as a reliever, even though technically that's what he's been doing this year or vice versa, like that sort of thing. Yeah. But other than that, like, Adam now get the goodness of the strikeouts and the and the good ratios and then just ride out whatever the decision making is with the Diamondbacks. If they put him in as a closer, you just got like, hey, I just got a free closer that's exactly freaking good. If yeah. they do bump him up into a starter and he shows up, it's like cool. I just got a starting pitcher and I got some extra saves and holds early on in the season to like chip in. Like, there's really no wrong move that I, I can see coming from adding Jameson at this point in time. Obviously, he's a rookie pitcher. There's going to be bumps and bruises. We all know that. You have to accept that risk with any rookie to begin with. Um, but I think there's enough here with what he can do um, and what he has done already with the Diamondbacks, and there's enough in the opportunity, which is always my thing with any prospect, especially with pitchers. When you have a team that needs innings, those are the guys that I want to run after because the team has nowhere else to go. Right, <laughs> yeah. To pitch the innings. And they and so, they have the talent. and Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. forgot. I forgot to mention he he has a sale already too. Um, right. Like, right. And so if, if they do plug him in, especially if uh, Scott McGuff, if, if that's not working out, which it sounds like doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> they really were kind of like banking on him coming uh, to the majors and like doing something, and so far it's not working out. But to your point, like there's really nobody in the bullpen right now so if they go to him more often there again that's your saves and holds Mm -hmm. if they do figure out the bullpen um and then they decide to bump them up then uh, again cool you you bank on that early and then you get your wins and quality starts and quality appearances later on so yeah i'd say just go and add them and just go and add them plug them in and just let everything else work itself out so that's a good call out um we are well over uh i'm actually gonna i'm gonna skip we have one more um uh, a couple more folks to talk about but i'm gonna actually skip them because we're well over and i want to get into what we're actually here to talk about so with that we're going to close out this week in baseball we're going to take a super quick break we're going to come back and then we're going to talk through uh some pitchers that could be coming up soon this year when it comes to weight management we tend to put our focus on what we eat 
But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, and we are back. So, uh, as we said, Grayson uh, Rodriguez is officially Major League pitcher. Uh, so, we're going to look ahead and kind of talk through who's the next group of, of the top pitching prospects that we might be able to expect to see debut this year. Um, the list that I put together, and there's no no order to this, just kind of names that I was thinking of and, and looking at prospect lists, et cetera. Um, Gavin Stone, Taj Bradley, Brandon Fott, uh, Matt Liebertor, and I, I want, we're going to talk about him. Um, so those kind of like the first four that come to mind. Let me ask you first, Nate, does that seem kind of accurate for lack of a better word? Does that seem like the next four guys, is there somebody that I'm maybe missing that seems super obvious that like the people at home are yelling at their phones and not radios because you're not listening to this radio, but they're yelling <laughs> at them we didn't include them? No, I, I think that was spot on when I was kind of looking at this outline and, and trying to do do the research that seems like the obvious guys to me. Um, I know we had uh, later on, we have a few additional ones and um, I won't spoil that, but injuries obviously entering the picture that can change things up. But so far, these are the guys I would expect. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, you don't want to see any anyone get injured, but that always changes things up. Yeah. So talking through them. Uh, so we talked about the Dodgers getting richer earlier. Yeah. Stone, um, that change up just, just baffling folks, uh, through spring training, um, looking good through, um, I believe he has one star. He may have two now under his belt at AAA with their season kicking off. Um, so with stone, like what are some things, and, and this is a list that I think again, is going to be handy, both, um, dynasty, as you think about valuation, et cetera, guys that you may want to target if you don't have them, um, already on your roster, but then also from the redraft standpoint, some names that you 
um, maybe bypassed in your draft, but you wanted to kind of keep them high on your watch list. And as soon as you see that notification of, hey, they got the call, like you want to go out and add them. With Gavin Stone, hey, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you have kind of a general um, expectation for when you think he's going to debut this year? And then my second question is, um, what what are some expectations that you are having just as kind of a general baseball watcher uh, when it comes to, to Gavin Stone or say, things that maybe you want to just be keeping an eye on when he does make his debut? Sure. Yeah. So as you said, he, he did great in spring training, uh, had some strong numbers and the Dodgers are talking about like even how he's type of guy who's well, even when he's not pitching, you know, he's contributing, he's, he's competitive, he's positive, one of those guys. Um, so he he'll debut this season. There's no doubt. Um, I guess with the Dodgers rotation, you know, they have some pretty good, they have some pretty good players, although, you know, a couple of them are older. And so like Syndergaard or Kershaw, those guys, you know, they could, some nagging injury could pop up and then they're going to need someone to, to start. So I would say by the all-star break, uh, I don't know, you know, what you think about that. It depends how the Dodgers are doing. Um, so to, to answer your first question, I would guess by then, just, just with the way pitching goes and guys, you know, get a shoulder strain or, you know, nagging type thing. And then, well, let's call them up and give them a spot start. Right, right, right. And then as far as, you know, whenever that debut does uh, occur, what are some things that you're, you know, keeping an eye out for or, or, you know, anticipating, so to speak? Yeah, so I was looking up his stats and um, in, so 2022, he pitched across three minor league levels. He had a 1.48 ERA, which is pretty darn good. And then he actually improved when he got to AAA (laughs) 1.16. So... I mean, this guy, the track record is there. Um, I would think once he, he does get called up, he'll have, he's going to have some success. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy uh, in the world. Um, let's see, he's listed at 6'1", 175. Uh, so that's that's on the slender side, you know, as like of a major league power pitcher. But I would think if he can get, a little bit more power. You mentioned the changeup, but you know he's going to need to add some heat to the fastball. I would, I would think, and maybe as he gets stronger, add some weight over the next couple of years. Um, that will come with time, but he'll have success, I think, no matter what. And and then it's just what's his pitch mix? You know, how does he? Is he a control guy or or can he throw the heat? Right. I wonder if, and I'm looking at the roster resource for the Dodgers, and so obviously they got a couple of guys um, down right now with Ryan PPO and uh, Tony Gonsolin. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, they come back and their their dates are retroactive to late March, so you know, probably anticipating them coming back soon. Obviously, they pulled up uh, Michael Grove to take um that spot so so grove and he he's looked okay so he's kind of in the mix um is there a possibility that they trade gavin stone 
right that's there, a good, a good yeah. we just talked about their you know they they do have some holes like the outfield is working out for them that the jason hayward project uh you know trace thompson <laughs> is out man but i'm looking at the lineup and it's like okay we got bets we got freeman we got smith we got muncie um but you got david peralta um and and left like i said jason hayward you're trotting him out chris taylor of course he's you know listed as a bench player but we know he's always kind of in the lineup somewhere so, yeah so um, at some position jd martinez is your dh like they could use another bat you're right yeah i mean gavin stone is going to get you a pretty good bat like, <laughs> to come back and we we've seen in the past in the very recent you know past that the dodgers don't hesitate when it comes to trading you know higher end prospects to get higher end mob players to make their run um so i'm just obviously I'm, I'm not saying that this is what they a should do or that i know that they will do obviously but i'm just kind of floating the idea of like you have some depth here um stone is young enough he's still unproven enough that you don't feel like you're giving up you know something that's overly obvious mm-hmm. he's also unproven enough that you can probably hook a couple of teams in to, to see you know kind of wish cast what they hope their future will be with him um i'm kind of looking at what the nationals did with josiah gray we've we talked about josiah gray on here before but giving up trey turner and being like oh well we're getting josiah gray and keep it ruiz um <laughs> you know okay uh but yeah, I'm just I, I'm just kind of looking. Like I said, I'm just kind of looking through the roster resource. I'm thinking like I don't think that that would be the craziest thing for the Dodgers to do. Or I mean, I guess the other if if a trade happens, if a trade were to happen, could they trade like a Tony Gonsolin mm-hmm. to get you know to, to get open that spot? To open that spot. So yeah. I don't know. Just interesting to watch. I, I think um, you're correct as far as um, with Gavin. Um, with with Stone, he's he's definitely going to um, have the swing and miss stuff. I think the changeup in of itself uh, has shown his ability to to use that as his out pitch, as the the pitch to really get K's. Shows that he has a knowledge of how to how to miss bats. Um, but I think yeah, it's just a matter of when you said uh, All Star break. I actually um, when you first said that, I was like, oh, that seems kind of late. But again, looking at all this. I, I don't think that that's necessarily that far off. I think it could be, you know, June-ish. Yeah. Um, originally, I think I was going to say May. I've been saying May for a lot of prospects, I noticed. But um, but no, thinking about it, I think, yeah, June could be it. Yeah. They have a lot of arms. Um, the the trade thing was really interesting. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good, like a good point to bring up. And I mean, they, they could logically do that if their outfielders slow down and they need, an, you know, an established bat. But the other thing with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. they their relief and bullpen, it's like they have like a million guys out there. <laughs> you know, it's like now Evan Phillips is doing good. I think he's picked up the save as a closer, but they they have a lot of good arms. Um, so, some are injured, that is. But like I'm looking at the roster resource. Look at their um, relievers who are hurt. And, mm-hmm. you, have, you know, Daniel Hudson, Alex Reyes, the Cardinals, old fireballer and then mm-hmm. you know any number of these guys you could plug into the bullpen so they're set there once once those guys are back right. they could they could be set with starters once 
the right. injuries clear up. So then, or, I mean, or they can put Stone in the bullpen, right, to help Pasher. That we just oh, talked about with the yeah, or maybe the that's an option there. So yeah. they, I, they're not obviously hard up for options. They're a good team. They have a lot of good players. They spend money, so they probably have more options than a typical team because uh, you'd think they'd be trying to get him to the majors as soon as they could and and get him out there uh like the like we're talking about the diamondbacks you know like that guy couldn't be your fifth starter you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. but the dodgers don't really need that so interesting to see what will happen yeah not not in the same way um so moving on we go back to tampa we were talking about them uh you know consistently uh showing up as far as pitching is concerned and we've, we've talked about that um kind of uh multiple times on this podcast and previous episode thinking about Taj Bradley Taj started the year um going against uh he started his triple a season this year going against Grayson Rodriguez um and they both kind of had shaky lines I, I know um a lot of people were reporting from the game uh that was Norfolk versus Durham. And they were saying that was kind of wet, rainy, um, not necessarily the best conditions sure. especially for, uh, you know, a, a season debut um, for either pitcher. But what Taj has kind of done, it's, it's interesting because when he was at double A, I feel like, um, you know, he was getting a lot of, a lot of press. And I think that part of that was just his age at that level and, and the numbers he was putting up, he goes to triple A and especially last season, uh, numbers tick down a little bit as far as just his production. Um, those those production numbers tick down a, a bit, and I feel like you know, as it happens in the prospect community, we kind of just jump on to you know whoever's next or whoever's doing you know something else that's more fascinating. Yeah. But he kind of just to me, he seems like he fits that mold of a guy that will come up for the Rays, and I think for um, Tampa, as far as ex- expecting a, a debut. I could see this being a late season debut, but the type of arm that it, it's almost like a free agent pickup or like a trade. It, it's like he gives that that much of a boost um, right at the right moment when other teams are kind of um, casting about trying to find extra arms, trying to find starters to stick in because injuries have derailed them or, you know, guys are just they don't have it um, like they did early in the season. And, you know, playoff spots or uh, those playoff races, I should say, are getting tight. And yeah. Bradley just strikes me as a guy, especially with Tampa's history, that he can just pop up. And uh, I'm going to speculate and say post post All Star break, maybe uh, July or August, maybe, and just hey, just kind of ride the high hand again. There'll be some bumps and bruises, but uh, you know, being able to just ride it out and uh, and put up some really good starts late in the season for Tampa. So, yeah, we were talking about the race earlier. It's interesting. So the, obviously, they're off to a great start. So if you project them to be good later in the season, what does that mean for Bradley? Mm. You know, so would would they keep him down and they don't need him or would they give him a chance? I I like your prediction of later in the season, um, but he he could make a difference too. Like, let's say they're battling for a wild card spot. They slow down. Maybe the Yankees, you know, are leading the division and then maybe he's a difference maker for him. But um, looking at his profile, doesn't walk a lot of guys, yeah. um, you know, and so that right there, that's a better, a better indicator for major league success than let's say someone who's throws a hundred mile an hour, but has some control issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, you commonly see they have to figure out how don't they walk so many guys before they can have success. He's already got that. And I think that 
that's going to stick. And so that's a good sign for him whenever he does make that, that debut. And the way the Rays use the pit, use their pitchers, I guess they go through more arms than typical. So um, maybe he will be that guy that makes that late season mark. Yeah. I mean, you know, glass now you can never really count on for, you know, more than a hundred innings or so a season. Um, Rasmussen has looked really good this year, but you also start to wonder, like, are they going to limit his innings, especially as they're looking at playoff spot? Are they going to start to later in the season start to, you know, move move his starts around or limit uh, some of his innings um, so they can kind of keep him fresh? Uh, Jeffrey Springs has looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's a those seasons for great start. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, I don't think we've seen a full season from him as a starter because he had been coming out of the bullpen and, and then they kind of had shifted him. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's really not um, many, many folks. I mean, I can, again, we can kind of just go roster resource. Um, but I don't think there's many folks that you can go to and say like, oh, yeah, this is your, this is, you know, your couple of guys that are going to be 150. In yeah, those workhorses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at it, McClanahan um, is is the one that I'm leaving off. Is the kind of obvious one I'm leaving off. But yeah, right. Zach Eflin. Uh, I don't know that he's too additive. We talked about Springs Rasmussen, and then Josh Fleming is is what they have as far as that SP five, and I think that's a perfect spot. Um, the only other thing to keep in mind is they are running now. How much of this with Tampa? How much of this in, is intentional? How much of it is happenstance? They're running a pretty even balance of lefties and righties in that rotation as a result. Um, do they upset that quote unquote by adding mm-hmm. a variety with, um, with uh, Bradley. But again, how much of that is intentional? How much of that is just happenstance? I think again, if same thing we've been saying with, with everyone else, if Bradley makes himself, uh, you know, sort of undeniable, then they're going to find a, a place for him. But yeah, I mean, just looking at the pitching overall with, um, and then we got Shane Bass as well. That's that's the major name that we were forgetting, but um, Bass has kind of had his own. Yeah. So he. So is it is it known he'll be out the entire season? I'm, I, I'm, I feel like and it's it's odd because I saw Bass and they have him as um, listed on the 15 day IL, and I was like, wait, I thought he was out for the season. And I yeah. Feel like that's the case. So I'm gonna trust my gut and say that he's out for the season um but yeah i mean even even still just with the names that we that we mentioned um yeah i I could see again later in the season i think your your points are well taken of like you know if they really need somebody uh maybe they they bump them up earlier but i mean also we know that tampa they don't hesitate with bullpen games they'll throw those out there um yeah there's a couple of other arms um and I'm blanking now on there's a a couple of other folks in the Tampa base system pitching wise, um, not as high end as as Bradley, but some other arms that they could probably pull from if they really wanted to. So, again, uh, getting back to the subject at hand, I think with Bradley, what I would anticipate is still later in the year. Um, but I do think just like with um, Stone or with. Um, some of these other players, like once he's up, this is something else that we didn't talk about. I think once he's up, he's up. I don't think they're going to do a lot of shuffling back and forth. Yeah. I, think it, to, yep. I think it would have to be like a really odd, like 
we've been decimated by injuries kind of all at once. And so we just need, you know, this sort of spot start. And then we're going to shift him down. I think once they call him up, he's up for good. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something else to just be mindful of is I do think it's later in the year, but I think that's his wherever he is. He's on the roster. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'd agree. It, it, I guess it will depend on those guys endurance as the season progresses. Like you said, it, you, you can't really count on all of them will be healthy and be right. able to pitch at, 200 at innings. Same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of them being healthy all at the same time. It's just, it, it hasn't happened yet. They've been able to kind of piecemeal it into some, some uh, regular and, and postseason success. But I think uh, long-term for our fantasy purposes, Taj is going to find his way in there somewhere. Um, yep. it, it, it will be the rise of Taj. If uh, <laughs> you guys that joke. Um, anyways, uh, moving on, uh, Arizona, we're going to hit this real quick. We've talked about Brandon Fott multiple times on this podcast. You guys know how we feel. Um, big fans. We like his stuff. We think he's going to be very productive when he does um, make his major league debut and, and get solidified on the roster. Um, I think, you know, based on everything that we just talked about with Jay Jameson and, and the whole, like, if I'm estimating a time for seeing him up, I think it probably would be in that May-June period, I think pre-All-Star break, um, he's making that start. I really don't see a reason for um, Arizona to waste him a, a another season in the PCL, just like, what for, for what? That just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, so I, I do think everything that you highlighted, Nate, as far as, um, you know, Bumgarner, Zach Davies, et cetera. Like, I, I think they're going to kind of see what's what's working and what's not, you know, for the month of April and maybe early into May. But I, I definitely think by mid-May, you know, um, actually, I'm going to be even bolder. I'm going to say before Memorial Day. Okay. Before Memorial Day, um, I think Brandon Fott is, uh, is, is on the Arizona Dimebacks. And he's, for, for me, I don't see how he gets optioned around. Like, I don't see if they make that call, he's going back outside yeah. of a, a, a injury rehab thing or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say, so was that mid May? Um, yeah. I, so maybe a month, month and a half or so. I, I'd agree with you. Um, like, and let's, let's project maybe Jamison. They're like, Hey, we need this guy in the bullpen. Yeah. So, maybe. so maybe, you know, thought takes that, that starter spot, but his stuff is too good. And the Diamondbacks starters are not, not, not good enough. So, yeah, I would think like these, the guys we're talking about here, they need him more sooner. Right. So, so I, I hope he's comes up and is just awesome for my own personal sake. But <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, yeah. And the last one before we, we jump into another break is uh, Matt Levertor. I added Levertor late to this list, and it actually came up from um, a couple of discussions on our picture list AMA on Reddit. If you guys didn't know or forgot, we are uh, once again doing uh, Ask Me Anythings with the picture list staff um, on Friday afternoons, hosted by Scott Shue. Uh, so definitely take a look on the um on the reddit so you can find us and i normally pop in to answer you know some prospect related questions as i see them and so there were a couple of discussions around cardinal pitching um you know pitchers to stash next guys up etc and uh looking at matt libertor his his stuff um both in spring training as well as his first couple of starts in triple a um has looked 
really good kind of like he again another guy that's kind of like it clicked and it's mm-hmm. remember how young he was um when he first was kind of on our radars coming out of usa baseball etc um and there was a, a lot expected of him and he didn't necessarily live up to those expectations to start um but now it's all kind of clicking into place looking at triple a in 2021 23.7 k rate uh 23.7 percent excuse me um k rate okay uh 2022 triple a 23.4 percent k rate okay and now again small sample is two starts but it's 35.9 percent the biggest kind of um thing to keep in mind is velo has increased on his fastball we saw that again in spring training as well as the numbers out of his first couple of starts at triple a the command of the curve which was always his his big you know sort of carrying pitch the command has improved there so now he's able to kind of throw for a strike better it's kind of given me um and yes my bias is shown here but it's kind of giving me like reed detmer's vibes of Mm. like he's finally starting to kind of put everything in place that he needs to he had the stuff like the curve was good when it was you know consistent but it wasn't always consistent the fastball was never major league level you know velo it was kind of mid-tier but now he's been able to get that to tick up and now he's able to start to kind of put these things in place and the other big thing we talked about opportunity the Cardinals pitching is the one thing that's kind of going to hold them back from being able to run away with the central like we talked about because that offense is ferocious but the yep. pitching is not up to the same task, at least not so far. Um, I think Libertor and I was saying this on the AMA. I think Libertor is up in another couple of weeks. Like, I don't think the Cardinals can. A, I think he's performing at at that level now, but I don't think the Cardinals can um, waste time. Right, <laughs> if the Brewers are doing what they're doing, yeah. and the Cardinals are technically in last place again, it's only been a handful of games. But I don't think you know why waste the time when you could put this division to bed you know very early if you make the right moves we'll see but Mm -hmm. um, yeah Libertor is somebody especially in a redraft league that's the guy while everybody's looking at the stones and the fights Libertor is the guy if I'm in a redraft where I'm like yeah I'm circling him and as soon as I see that notification go off I want him on my squad he yeah he's definitely like uh it seems like he's figured it out like you said he he struggled last year um, did not have a good season, but so far, and also at, he didn't make his major league debut last year and did not look great there either. <laughs> it's important to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so overall, last year not not a good season, but this year, uh, so far his first two starts has not given up a run. He's got fourteen strikeouts and in ten innings, two wins at the perfect ERA, and as he said, uh, let me see here. They can see that. Uh, this my this page here is not showing it. Let me grab it, but keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, I was saying, what was I saying? Oh, the Cardinals pitching. Uh, like you said, they they may need him sooner rather than later. Um, Wainwright, you know, he he's on the IL right now, and Flaherty. I, it's hard to say if he's going to be back to to that year he had a few seasons ago, and then Jake Jake Woodford. It, their their rotation, you look at it, and it kind of just makes you go, mm, like you know, not so hot. So mm-hmm. I, I would think he's going to be, and the guys that we've talked to thus far, 
probably other than fought, he's he, I would expect him to be up sooner, maybe at the around the same time, but they might need the the reinforcements. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just, just to put a button on that. So, uh, like you said, 10 innings pitched, uh, so far this season, uh, 39 batters faced seven hits, given up four walks, 14 strikeouts, no earned runs, uh, for Matt Levertor. So, yeah, I mean, and I'll take it one step further. They need him. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a they, it's not a sort of choice <laughs> thing. If you're running out, and there's no, you know, again, not trying to disrespect anybody, but like, if you're running, if you're trying to rely heavily on Jake Woodford, and you think you're going to be a division winner, and not just division winner, but you know, a, a World Series a contender. It, yeah, that's not. And and like, it, it's kind of interestingly, it's similar to exactly what we said about the Dodgers, except they aren't getting the production like the Dodgers are. Like we talked about the Dodgers being like, Oh, you guys are going to run out these guys in your outfield. And like, that's going to be your lineup, but they're getting the numbers. So it's like, Oh, it's working for them. You're not getting that in St. Louis. So now you got to go somewhere else, right? Now you got to turn to somebody else. And I think Libertor is going to be one of the first uh, folks that they run in to, uh, you know, as far as the cavalry to, to bring some help. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. So with that, uh, we're going to take another quick break. And then we're going to come back with our kind of next group. Some some guys that are maybe on the cusp as far as making their debut uh, this season. Um, but we're going to talk through uh, those four or five guys after this. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, and we're back. Uh, so, yeah, just to finish up. So we kind of had those first four guys that we feel really comfortable uh, saying are going to be up this year. It's just a matter of when and not if. 
Um, but now we have another group that could be, you know, maybe it's 2023, maybe it's 2024. Um, most of these guys, uh, all except one or double A guys, we got somebody who's um, has some some injury history as well. So that always plays a part. But we're going to run through. I'm actually going to pull our injury person first. Um, that's Daniel Espino mm-hmm. uh, of Cleveland. And obviously, we know uh, at one point in time, I would have argued last season at one point in time, uh, he was right there next to Grayson as far as being like him, uh, Espino, Grayson, Yuri Perez. I would have been able to just say, like, it's a crapshoot for who's number one. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he had a uh, shoulder injury. Uh, Espino had a shoulder injury. He's had injuries in the past. So it starts to make us a little bit leery. Um, I don't believe he's made his double A debut yet as, as their season has just um, kicked off. So. What's your reads on Espino just kind of as a prospect? And then, um, Nate, what are you thinking about him being able to make a debut for Cleveland this season? Yeah, so um, I think I added him on here because uh, I, I had just read that he was ahead of his ahead of schedule in his recovery. So supposedly um, he could be ready as early as May. There we go. Um, yep. So he was supposed uh, – let's see. He wasn't going to throw for eight weeks, um, but now I that's why I added him because I just saw this report that he might be back sooner. So he's only 22 years old, um, but as you said, the injuries uh, the injuries are there. Last season he missed he missed time. Um, I think was he shut down the whole year last season? No, he had uh, he had made starts in April um, before he gotten hurt. Okay. And that's okay. that's what I'm saying. Like if you look back, uh and I think I highlighted him in one of my early player of the week uh columns. But so yeah, if you at look the at beginning of last year he was yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, um it, it, for me, some some others may disagree, but that's right. the Yeah. No, I think I mean he has he has electric stuff when he's when he can <laughs> remain healthy and if he mm-hmm. can stay healthy. Um his four seamer tops out at 103, I see. Uh, and he's got a good curveball. 6'2, 225. Um, that's uh, the bigger body. Before I was talking about, you know, Stone being a smaller guy, mm-hmm. that's the type of guy you think, okay, you don't think he'd have strength issues or anything with his frame that he's, you know, that's a, that's a solid mm-hmm. size. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just hope that it, that it comes through he's uh fastball you know it's just fun to see guys like that right even if you're not a fan so hopefully he can his his call up and everything obviously depends on this injury recovering um so maybe if he comes back sooner than expected he's gonna have to rehab they'll pitch him for the minors maybe by the end of the season that what are your thoughts yeah i i would say espina i would not bank on him debut on this year just thinking about also the org right we know how good cleveland's been developing pitching and i i would uh make the case that part of that is understanding um the sort of push pull when it comes to player development and so i think you have a guy like this who's had the injury track record that he has along with um being as productive as he has when healthy right having the stuff um that is top notch uh i think even with him being ahead of schedule I think they slow play also because again, it's, it's sort of the opposite of what we talked about with St. Louis. There, there's not the need, right? They're not 
looking around. And quite honestly, yeah. if they do run into a need, there's a guy named Gavin Williams who's also pretty dang good. Um, <laughs> I, I saw the line. I missed his start, but I saw the line from his first start this season. Yeah, he looks about major league ready. So again, you know, an embarrassment of riches in Cleveland when it comes to um, pitchers, they don't need to rush Espino through um, even if they do need an arm. Let him heal up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let him heal up and let him build the innings back up. Right. Because again, he was doing this at double A. He didn't finish that double A season. So get him back in the double A season. Make sure he's feeling good. Maybe even give him some triple A starts just to kind of kick the tires on it. I think yep. that's what Espino's sort of 2023 looks like. And then in 2024, then we might be returning to this conversation and talking about a major league debut. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Hopefully it goes well with him and then spring training next season, maybe that's when he's he's called up for good. Yeah. So um, moving to another guy. So this is Kyle Harrison, and I, I wish Jake was here uh, just to, uh, specifically to talk through Kyle Harrison because I know we've had some discussions, and I, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Harrison was his pick in our predictions pod for um, most likely to disappoint. And and he made oh some really good he made some really good points, I I, I think, um, about Harrison, and that's why I kind of have him in this you know, maybe 2023, maybe 2024 going back and, and sorry for sounding like a broken record, but the giants are kind of on the other um, side of things where you look at their um, rotation, they could probably, you know, use a shot in the arm, no pun intended uh, when it comes to uh, getting somebody into the rotation. Um, but again, with Harrison, you know, a, a very young guy, um, he did have a good double a triple a season, um, you know, combined last year, uh, but I don't know that he's necessarily built um, all the way up, you know, innings wise. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm kind of on the fence about Harrison because I could see in one scenario where they just let him run through AAA for a whole season. Just like, hey, let's just put it all out there, see where you land, see what's what, have you work on a bunch of different stuff. And then 2024, we're really like ready to rock. But then I can see another one where like if he's anywhere close to what he was last year. Uh, at double a where he really kind of ran through double a quite quickly um because he was that productive and looked that good if he does the same thing in triple a in april and may you get to june and especially if the giants are you know they're probably not going to be contending i don't think they will be yeah i could they could be on the cusp maybe but maybe i don't think they will be so if they're out of a playoff race essentially by june what's the harm Right, like true. Let him, let him let him get his reps in, but like we're saying, we're kind of human and Han that they're going to be out of the playoff. They could be still in the mix, probably not for the division, but you know, f- potentially for wild card spot. So then, do they want to press? So Harrison is just a really hard one to call. I'll be honest. Again, from a dynasty standpoint, you're holding them. Am I going to target Kyle Harrison? I would say this. Let me let me make this statement. If you're if you're interested in Kyle Harrison, if you want him on your team, if you like his stuff, now is probably the best time to try to get an offer him because if he start like once he starts making starts, it's gonna be all out there. Either he's I don't think there's gonna be a lot of in between with him. Yeah. He's gonna have a rough triple A for some reason, and then that value is gonna diminish and maybe you're not as interested in targeting him anymore. Or again, he's he's just running rough shot and he's putting up great numbers, in which case you're not probably gonna get him away from that other manager unless you're giving up a whole lot in exchange so i think if you want him on your team like right now is the time to try to send out an offer to try to get kyle harrison on your team 
Um, from a redraft standpoint, I don't know that I'm really circling Kyle Harrison. I just can't call it. I don't think so. <laughs> like, I, I, and, and even when he does make when he does make his debut, um, again with that youth, even if he uh does has done really well in AAA. I mean, Giants offense is okay. Uh, defense is okay. Like, everything about the Giants is okay. There's nothing there that really makes me super confident to say, like, oh, Harrison's going to help me with wins. I don't think you can ever rely on, you know, yeah, I agree. in a win league. That's also why I don't play in win leagues. But, you know, quality start-wise, they're going to give him enough run support. Um, he'll have the strikeouts, but I could see ratios might get skewed a little bit. He has pretty good command, but I could see, you know, uh, any uh, a a start where it's five innings, five strikeouts, three walks, walks. Yeah, like, you know he kind of fills he kind of fills all the buckets with a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, Harrison, I, I I do think he's a interesting pitcher, and I think overall he has the stuff to be a talented major league pitcher. But right now, while he's in that sort of inflection point stage of what's going to happen next, I don't know that he's somebody I'm running after. Um, without seeing some major league data already coming out i agree i think he's a a step below as far as the urgency to go get him uh in fantasy and just the talent level that that we've talked about among these other guys i he's like you said he's young i think he's only 21 and he struggled a bit in spring training um so he could be good, right? I mean, we're not saying that he's not going to be good, but just the the timing of when well, Jake, it happens. Jake, 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 I'm going to speak on that. Jake is saying he's not. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he said it. He will not be good. You're right. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but um, I I don't think you have to rush and get him. Um, I guess see what happens. Wait and see. Is, is yeah. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So we got two more names before we uh, finish up here. We got Bobby Miller from the Dodgers, and I think I mean we don't have to go super deep into Bobby Miller because I think he falls right into the Gavin Stone bucket, right? I think he's kind of, if, if Stone is 1A, I think Miller's probably like 1B, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a solid, you know, two as far as uh, where he kind of ranks in, in pitching prospects on the Dodgers. But it's the same situation, right? Like they have to make space um, for him to really crack into that rotation permanently. Uh, I like Miller. Um, he kind of, he's kind of walker bueller-esque as far as his his build and everything not necessarily yeah that, but just kind of he looks like they carbon copy bueller like let's <laughs> do that again um hopefully he he's a little bit healthier than than bueller's been obviously recently but um but yeah i i, I think um everything that we said about stone applies to miller uh i think you know he's another guy that they could trade they could they could trade him to get a bat they could put him in the bullpen if they think they need some bullpen help and build him up that way before they turn him loose in the rotation. Uh, they could let him sit the whole season in AAA, you know, and wait till 2024 to make a decision. I could see all mm-hmm. those, just like with Stone. So, um, again, he's another guy that um, in Dynasty, now is probably your best window, you know, f- for this, you know, this sort of cycle of prospect. Now is probably your best window to try to make a decent offer. Once he gets rolling, I think, you know, again, it's going to be um, really hard to prime away from a manager once he starts putting up really good, uh, you know, uh, outsized numbers. Yeah. But, you know, redraft, again, there are some other guys that I think the, the the guys that we highlighted in the first, you know, part of this, the Bradleys, the Fox, the Libertors, that the need is there. 
they're kind of undeniable. It's definitely going to happen this year. If I'm in a redraft, those are the guys I'm running after. The Millers and whatnot of the world, I'm kind of like, ah, I can, like you said, I, I can kind of wait and see and, and mm-hmm. figure out what happens. Um, So last name, I threw this on here, and A, it's because I, I this is a guy that I was interested in. I'm, I'm still interested to watch because um, I don't really know what's going on with him. This is Gordon Graceffo, another St. Louis Cardinal. Um, I was high on Graceffo last year. He put up some stellar numbers at high A. It just really dominated. But that K rate, especially, he's always been, he's been a great command guy. So even um, as he's gone through uh, up through the levels, the walk rate has never really been an issue. But the K rate has really declined since he started climbing levels. Um, so he was at the K percentage. He was at thirty three point nine percent last year at high A, twenty one point nine percent at double A. Started triple A um, this season. His first start got you know kind of lit up. Four innings pitch, seven hits. Three on runs, only one strikeout, no walks. Again, command is there. Yeah. So you know, with Graceffo, I thought you know he's got really good fat. When when I was watching him, high eight, really good fastball, but great great secondary, great slider, um, good change. And is so for me, it's kind of striking to see like maybe that stuff just doesn't play up, you know, as the competition gets better. And you know that's something interesting to watch. Graceffo and Michael McGreevian. It's interesting they got the alliteration thing going there, the, the consonation thing going there <laughs> uh, with the names. But, you know, they, they kind of were paired in my mind as far as the St. Louis farm. Um, both were on high A together, and they've kind of developed together as far as getting their promotions around the same time. Um, Grievy's looked a little bit better numbers-wise, but there's something about Graceffo I'm just really – and now he's at AAA. I'm just really interested in what's going on with his stuff and – I wonder if maybe he's actually going to end up being a better reliever um, mm. where he can kind of just, you know, is one or two innings because the, again, to me what signals that is the strikeout rates have declined, um, but the walk rates have never been the issue. And he doesn't, I mean, even with this start that I was talking about seven hits, three on runs, but he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, um, you know, so doesn't give up a lot of home runs, doesn't walk a lot of guys. So if you're not getting a lot of strikeouts as a starter. To me, it's like, well, if you put him in the bullpen, maybe he can pair his pitch mix down to right. two or three things that he does really well. Fastball slider, fastball slider, maybe a change. Um, and then just let it rip for two innings. And then maybe you see something more interesting. But I feel like that's a decision that doesn't get made until he gets to the major league level, right? I don't think they're going to experiment with him now at AAA. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I'd need to look into it more, but I wonder if it's something with velocity. You know, I don't, I don't know where that's. I didn't take a look at, at Velo either. That's a good question. I don't know where that's sat with him, and and maybe you know that that's dropped off a bit. I don't know, but but you're right. Maybe his role ultimately just bottle bottle him up for a few innings, and he's successful. But he just can't stretch that out over a you know as a starting pitcher for six innings. Yeah. Um, so. It's interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, it'll be something to watch. Now, again, maybe maybe it just takes him an off season or so, and and he figures it out at the AAA level. But I mean, I don't, I can't recall. I mean, not that I know people off the top of the head, but just even when I'm just looking through history of guys, there's very few um, prospects or even just young pitchers that I've seen where it spikes that way, right? Where it's like high A, you know, lower high A, while they're really dominating. Double A, oh, they sunk. Triple A, oh, it jumps right back up. Like normally, it's kind of like 
they dominate at a ball if they run into any issues at double a they normally like repeat it and then we see the uptick and then mm-hmm. push play and, you know something like that. so for them to have moved him from double a into triple a even though he wasn't as impressive now it's really going to be interesting to see because i don't think they're going to bump him back right you already have my triple a you're not gonna be like hey yeah. vote you down sorry <laughs> like you didn't want to talk about sinking the guy's confidence so yeah. um, now they're going to have to sort of leave him uh so now yeah i'm kind of keeping an eye on every Graceffo start just to see um yeah what's happening and and i'll keep i didn't think about that and i should have but I'll keep an eye on what the velo is, and it could be something as simple as, as if his velo is starting to decline, then that'll do it. Um, or it may just it may have just kind of um, not peaked, but um, just plateaued. You know, yeah, I, he was never a high velo guy. Like I don't think he was ever like high nineties. He was kind of always mid nineties, and it may just be like you know the fastball shape plus that velo is just not good enough against. You know, and then yeah, a ball you're playing the guys you can strike out with that. Right. But then it's, it's an odd trajectory, you know, what's happened. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, so that's kind of our, our pick. I hope this is, is helpful. Um, especially like I said, to the redraft folk, which I'm trying to be mindful of how to incorporate some redraft folk in, in talking about prospects, but definitely for dynasty people as well to think about um, players to target valuations, et cetera, um, players that you might have on your roster and how you're thinking about them. Um, roster moves that you might need to start anticipating as far as um you know guys getting a promotion and needing to bump them off your minor league roster into your major league roster when um to you know kind of anticipate needing to make those moves uh but obviously we'll have like i said in the show notes we'll have um uh some more information as far as uh nate your sub stack and um anything else that kind of uh involves the uh the, the topics at hand that we talked about here we we cut short a couple of other things um around baseball but um we'll probably be able to, to get into that once jake is back uh next week uh with all that being said uh, i'll throw it to you nate again uh as far as promo time like uh, any articles you got coming out anything else you want to promote sure yeah so f- like i said uh, in the beginning for pitcher list so um I'm on the reliever team, so once a week on Fridays, you can see uh, my story where we're kind of monitoring which arms have been used, you know, who could, who you can expect to to get the save or the whole chance, et cetera. And then the catchers to stream, you know, catcher's not the most uh, exciting position, but uh, it's actually been kind of fun to to look into that and just pick out some guys to to stream. So I do that every other week, and then I'm going to be doing some going deep uh, stuff. Uh, I think once a month. So during the off season, I did a couple of those articles. One was about, um, it was fun to write pitchers and the 300 win mark. And can anyone even still achieve that? Do we need to adjust, you know, that down just with changes in the game? So um, that would be interesting to see if I can do, you know, continue to write like that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, my Substack is the relief pickle. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. It's at Nathaniel Kosher. It's my full name. Um, and so you can find the links out there. Cool. Yeah. We'll definitely make sure that we have, uh, the Twitter handle and the show notes, um, as well. Um, and as always want to let 
listeners know that you can find this podcast and all of our picture list pods on the picture list network podcast page. They're all available in the podcast section of picture list for you to find, listen and subscribe. You can of course find me on Twitter at inside fastball, capital I capital F again, check a look um, for us on Reddit in the uh, Friday afternoon into the evenings uh, on AMAs. I try to pop my head in, but it is hosted by Scott shoe as well. Um, answering all of your fantasy and, and prospect related questions overall. Uh, and with that being said, hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>